Tonight, we have a real pleasure to have longtime CBE member Joanne Mort join us. We're going to have a conversation up here on the Bima um, about her recent trip, a little bit about my recent trip to Israel, and some reflections and a little bit of wisdom of how we can approach this moment. So, Joanne, join me up here. Thank you again. Thank you. It's a yeah. pleasure to be here. Um, I, I feel like we should just start with your relationship to Israel um, and to share with our community, yeah, your special relationship with this special place. Um, I often say, I guess I shouldn't say it here, but I often say that Israel is my religion. <laughs> um, and... Um, I have been going back and forth to Israel for 41 years. Um, I did not make Aliyah, obviously. I live here in Brooklyn. Um, but I live in something that actually someone recently told me that the scholar Shlomo Avineri coined a phrase called Chetzi Aliyah, which some of you know, which is sort of, you don't live here, you don't live there, you're in both places. Um, I spend the equivalent of a few months a year there, back and forth. I'm usually there this time of, in the winter time. Um, and I was just there, and then I'm there for a long part of the summer. I do, um, I'm very involved in the peace movement, and the, the very small at this point, but the peace movement there, and I work with, um, I have clients that I advise who are in the nonprofit sector, civil rights, human rights, social justice, and I also do a lot of journalism, and I have family there. So my next question is really, big and broad, so take it wherever you want. But I'm curious, your impressions of Israeli society. I also, I returned from Israel two weeks ago on a trip with Encounter, an educational organization. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, people have said, how was the trip? Um, and a range of responses and so many impressions and thoughts. And so I guess from your experience, what are your impressions right now of Israeli society? I think Israel is a broken place. Um, uh, we talk a lot in, in the religion about the breaking of the tablets and our need to repair the world. It's a broken place. It's just, there's really no other way to, I think, to, to describe it. I felt it everywhere. Um, and um, it's a place bereft of leadership. Um, the leadership that it has, I think, is, uh, is verging on criminal, and I don't use those. I don't use that phrase lightly or that word lightly. Um, in many ways, in in terms of of the corruption inside the government, and also the role that it's played, the leadership has played in terms of the execution of this war and before the war. Um, I, in one of the pieces I wrote recently for the New Republic, I mentioned I, it was just it was too good of a metaphor to 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 pass by, I was driving from Haifa north to my family, which are in a moshav near, um, near Nauria, and the GPS went out, and I didn't know that it had gone, I didn't know that it was out. It's out everywhere from Haifa north because the army is scrambling it because of Hezbollah um, rockets coming from the north. And, um, and I just, so I wrote about it, how, you know, this is basically a country without navigation right now, and that's honestly what it feels like. 
guess I'm, I'm wondering from the many folks that you spoke with, family, friends, is there a conversation that kind of sticks out to you? Something that is really just kind of like either encapsulating this trip or, yeah, that's just really you know, sticking with you. Yeah, there are a few things. First, first, I knew before I went there that the Israeli TV news does not cover the situation in Gaza, um, except through the lens of the soldiers and the army. I knew that, and I follow Israeli news from here, so I knew that, but to see it, to be there in my family's living room and every night watch the TV and see no mention of the, you know, the, the humanitarian disaster there was actually pretty shocking. And on, on the contrary, when I go, when I went to Ramallah, which I did for meetings, there, every office I went to there had Al Jazeera on and they have no mention on the other side. So there's a complete disconnect between the two sides. Um, so that's one thing. Um, there is this false sense of unity. There are all these billboards all over. If you were in Israel, you saw where it says, you know, we're stronger together and united together. And it's just not true. The society is not united at all. It's as divided as it ever has been. Um, and that's the second thing. And um, the third thing is that they're just, again, as I said before, this sense of lack of direction. There doesn't feel like there's a way out. Um, of this horrible mess. And the hostage situation is just the saddest thing that could be. And, you know, I think um, from the beginning in this war, there was not a, um, a decision made to go in and get the hostages out or one or the other hostages or, quote, win the war, which I don't know is winnable. And, um, and here we are. So... Um, it was just very, very sad. On one of the speakers that, that my group heard also was talking a little bit about the news and was sharing a story of uh, they were living in West Jerusalem and had a friend in East Jerusalem and even on different sides of the city getting totally different news, totally different information. That's, that's always the case, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I want to get to leadership in a moment um, and what you kind of see as that. But um, I'm curious if you could share just a little bit more of, so you went to Ramallah and impressions from time in Ramallah. I went to Ramallah um, specifically to report a story about Marwan Barghouti, who has been in prison for, since I believe 2011, I may be off by a year or so. Um, he was um, the leader, he was a Fatak leader. He was imprisoned for leading the Second Intifada. He has since got four life sentences. Um, since then, he's renounced violence since being in prison. Um, and he's seen as the potential leader of the nationalist anti-Hamas camp um, by all the polling and um, popular support. Um, and I went to meet his closest allies and to report a story. So that's what I did there. So let's let's get into leadership with uh, with Barghouti and also on the other side, Bibi, and impressions that you seen, heard when you were talking with people. It, with both of these figures, what what's the path forward or what is the um, what's the impression right now? Well, I mean, Bibi introduced a plan today that I think is a non-starter 
Um, he refuses to negotiate with or recognize the Palestinian Authority, even though Israel officially has done both, um, without something that is a recognized leadership arm of the Palestinian people, I don't see what can happen. Um, Bibi is also, at this point, seems to be keeping the war going to um, keep his own future alive. Um, there's no clear path to how the government will fall, but it has to, and there have to, they have to move to new elections, which doesn't mean there'll be a stronger leadership, but it will be a different leadership. So different leadership, but I guess just a year and a half ago, we were not even a year and a half ago, we were That's talking right. about the most right-wing extremist yeah. government that ever that Israel has ever seen. So if it's new leadership, does that necessarily mean a shift in politics or is it a shifting of, of players and people? I, I, I think both. It won't be a left-wing government. Um, it'll be a centrist, probably centrist right government with Benny Gantz leading it, um, if the polls are correct. Um, it will at least be a government that func is functional to take care of the needs of the people. Whether it will move toward negotiating with Palestinians, I think is anyone's guess at this point. Um, so I have a few more, few more questions, but I also want to, to say that we have a little bit of time. So if people here have a question or two, we wanna make sure that, um, and we're really blessed, I guess just to pause this for a moment, we're blessed that Joanne is a member of our community. Um, we didn't fly her out or any, like she is right here. She's been a, a stalwart of our community for a long time. And um, so we're really blessed to have her insight and leadership, especially right now. Um, but I guess I wanna go a little bit back to, I think when I've been sharing some of my experiences uh, when I was there two weeks ago, kind of sharing like, what are things that people who have not been to Israel over the last four and a half months, what's another thing or two that they might not be, they might not realize, they might not really know? Because I think many people here are watching the headlines, maybe talking with family and friends, but what's maybe something that you learned that um, surprised you or you didn't really know when you were going there? Um, I don't know that anything surprised me. Um, I would just come back to what I said before about the sense of brokenness. I mean, you just, you don't get that feeling from this kind of distance. Um, and um, I think that if there's a resolution to the hostage situation, it will move the country forward in one way or another. I don't expect that it's gonna be a very positive resolution because a lot of the hostages are, are are soon to be dead, but um, but I think it will allow at least a segment of society to heal, and also um, for the country to figure out how to move on in some way. I was really struck. It feels like the political dividing line in Israel is around the hostages yeah, and the kind of prioritization of them. How yeah. the Israeli government and the right wing that supports it really, have, they really don't care whether the hostages come home or not. It's really hard to, I mean, that may be a little bit rash, but but it's really, there really is a divide over it. It's hard to believe. And what's your sense of, I guess I'll say, Israeli political leaders, but I would say Israelis, your family, friends. What's your sense of 
what they're hearing from the conversation here? Is it having? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, that's. There's a disconnect. That was, yeah. That was the most, um, I guess, the most. I expected it, frankly, because I know Israelis and they really don't care a whole lot of what the world thinks of them. Um, but um, there was no, really no interest in any, you know, we're all bombarded by statements and graffiti and protests and they really could care less. They really could care less. They care about Joe Biden and what he says. Um, and Say he, more about that. Well, they care. I think, that, I think that the president has an opportunity to do more to represent U.S. interests. Um, he has a lot of power. Um, but I don't think they care about anybody else at all. I heard from, I think, three or four different Israelis in different parts of my trip that they really feel abandoned by the Israeli government, but that Biden yes. is, is their leader. He has kind of stepped in, and they see him as both someone who is clear-headed and comforting yes, in this moment. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, I want to see if there's a question or two from our community here. Make this a community conversation. Any questions? Yeah. I think they've shifted, yeah. Bibi has not, but <laughs> but the Israelis have, yeah. So I think, I was talking to Evan a little bit about this before, I think there really are two visions for the future of Israel. I think there have been for a long time, but now more than ever. There's a sort of messianic vision of Jewish power versus a, what's now a weaker vision, but a vision that I think a lot of us probably, I'm presuming a lot of us in this room share and in the congregation of um, shared society and of coming to some sort of accommodation with Palestinians. And I think all that we can do, frankly, is really fight for that vision. If you, if you don't support that vision, then fight for the other one. But it really is two visions pitted against one another at this point. And you know, if, if there are things we can do, we can, we can advocate for the US to play a more active role. Um, the kind of support we're giving to the human rights and civil rights and, and NGO community that this congregation does is really important. Showing a different vision is very important. Um, supporting efforts and like-minded groups is very important.
We're gonna get one more question. We're gonna get one more question. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, he wanted to know if October seventh created a split between these two directions of messianic versus non-messianic. Or it's shifted. I think um, there. I think not on the messianistic side. That was that's this government. You know, they're they're controlling it. Um, I do think what shifted is that people are more wary of peace or trying to make peace. That's where the shift is right now. Yes. 